Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. What's up, Highland Colony? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How's my 1130 fam doing? You guys know you're my favorite, right? Don't tell anybody. Uh, but I love this service. I don't know. Something about it. Everybody's just a little more, maybe a little more awake. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm more awake. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Either way, we're glad to have you here. Uh, I'm Chase, in case you're new with us. Uh, and in case you're new with us, thank you for joining us uh, at church. We're so glad to have you at Word of Life. We got a free gift for you if you're, it's your first time. Or even if you've been coming to Word of Life, but maybe this is your first time or you've been recently coming to this campus, we'd love to give you a free, awesome-looking Highland Colony t-shirt back at the welcome desk. Uh, but like I said, my name Chase, I'm the campus pastor here, and uh, it's the best job in the world, and I love it so much. Getting to be here with you guys every day. God's doing some cool things, right? At Highland Colony, I mean, at Word of Life, yes, for sure, but like Highland Colony, like for real, for real. Uh, <clears throat> so much so, uh, well, we've, we've been averaging like a thousand people, uh, a little over, over a thousand. Come on. <clears throat> Uh, this year, and it, it, that just that's kind of staggering, right? Just amazing number. Uh, we so far, it's end of May. We have had three hundred and forty first time guests just at Highland Colony. That's incredible. Uh, and then my favorite number is we've had six hundred and fifty, I believe, decisions made for Jesus. Uh, those are people. Amen. Those are first time. Uh, giving their life to Jesus or recommitments, uh, and uh, we're man, we're just we're we're thrilled about what God is doing, uh, and uh, man, we're we're growing, and I am pumped to announce to you that we are now finally, finally taking some first steps towards building out phase two of Highland Colony. Woo woo! Uh, that is a new sanctuary uh, 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 lobby and probably everyone's favorite, a new parking lot. Uh, that's right. Hallelujah. I thought that would get the biggest amens. Uh, and so our first steps are to draw up plans. I mean, you, know, you can't build without plans. So, uh, but plans are actually $600,000. Uh, which is nothing for God. So uh, we, that's our first sort of milestone is to raise $600,000 to uh, to draw, just draw up the plans. And uh, we'll go from there. And so you can go on our website uh, and... Uh, and find out uh, and look and see that's that's one of our giving projects. Hopefully throughout this series on Generosity Journey, you have gone on the website and you have uh, taken the assessment and figured out where you are on the journey and um, and selected one of those options to, to give towards. The other project we have to give towards is probably more a little more immediate need. Uh, it has to do with the rain. How many know it's raining? God, man, it's raining at Highland Colony. Amen. 
spiritually, but actually it's also raining naturally inside the building. And so whenever it rains, heavy water is leaking into the building on our, in our daycare. And that's not the best thing to have happen. So that's a $68,000 project to redo the drainage, some of the drainage system. So uh, we would love for you to give towards that as, as well, but uh, exciting things happening around here. Uh, well, I'm so excited uh, that you're here on Memorial Day uh, to hear the last message in this series of generosity journey. I'm so pumped to uh, share with you, but let me pray. Can we pray before we get into it? Amen. God, we love you. We thank you, uh, Lord, for uh, that you are the same God. We think that you're the same God who uh, was with Abraham and, and, and Moses and David. And Father, all these stories are not just some, they're not just fairy tales far off, but Father, they're to remind us of the God that's with us right now in every situation, every circumstance, Father. And so today I ask you, Lord, God, reveal yourself to us through your word. Reveal yourself to us in our lives. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, right here and right now. God, a word that we need today. Father, we, we just commit to open up our hearts to you and to receiving that word and to be doers of the word. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Well, uh, like I said, this is the last message in this series on generosity Journey Pastor has done an amazing job of teaching. Uh, if you've missed any of Pastor's messages, please go back and listen to his messages. Uh, he did some just heavy hitting in terms of teaching, and I get to come and just kind of maybe clean up, or you know, you give somebody a jar to like loosen the top of it, and it just you can't get it off. And then you know, the first person does all the hard work and getting it loose, and then the last person just comes and like pops it off, you know, and um, and and then the first person's like, hey, well, I loosened it for you, you know, and that's kind of what Pastor did for me. I feel like it's my, my hope today is like if the lid is still stuck on you. Like in terms of generosity, I pray that it would just like pop off today. And I believe God's going to just do, oh man, just, just what he needs to do today uh, in your heart and our, my heart as well. Sometimes it just takes a little time uh, and that is okay. Uh, but I thought today he's done a lot of the teaching. Is it okay if I just kind of tell my story a little bit? Uh, can we have story time today? Okay, good. Um, I'm going to do it anyway, so thank you for permission, though. But um, this subject of money uh, is actually it's very personal for me. Uh, and I, I've never actually really shared publicly sort of my journey with this and with church. And uh, so a lot has gone into this message, and, it, and my heart is wrapped up all in it. Uh, and But it's been really healthy for me. And uh, this subject almost caused me to completely walk away from uh, my faith heritage and my faith community uh, and uh, led me into a real dark season, just this subject of money and the church. <clears throat> and maybe it has for you as well, and I'm excited to share with you. So I grew up in a faith church. You might know what I mean when I say like a faith church. Anybody Maybe you're new to church, you don't kind of understand that, that phrase, um, and, but uh, this was a, a faith church. Like we, I mean, every message it seems like was on faith. 
You know, my first words were, I think, like, mommy and then daddy. And then it was Mark eleven twenty four, Like, whatsoever things you ask for, when you pray, believe you receive. And you shall what? You shall have. Okay, I'm just, I'm trying to locate some people. There we go. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Come on. Shaking together and, and running over. Woo. You know, and you got to say it like that, too. You know, you got to, uh, like, that's the church I grew up in, just like hooping and hollering and just a faith church, uh, man, where it's like, I'm so thankful for it, though, because I just learned, like, God is a big God. Like, God moves mountains, man. Like, God, there is no need that he won't supply. There's no giant he won't take down. There's no mountain he can't move if you'll speak to it and believe and receive. And he responds to faith. And, man, like, he, you can't outgive him. You know, he supplies seed to the sower. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Come on. And like, that's how I grew up. And I'm so grateful for it because it taught me those things. God's big. God's a a giver. Uh, God responds to faith. And I even put him to the test when I was a teenager. Uh, I remember one time in particular. Oh, and I learned to tithe, by the way, when I was like five, you know, or less than five. Like, before I even got an allowance, I was tithing goldfish, you know. And like, you know, your mom like gives you the, the dollar, you know, to put in the offering plate. I'm like, this isn't even mine, mom. You know, now I look back and think about these things and like, shut up, just put it in there. And uh, it's like, you didn't, there wasn't no question about tithing. There wasn't a question about giving. You, you gave. Uh, and so I'm so thankful for that heritage. And, uh, you know, there are even times where, you know, I've learned later that my family went through some financial need, but I never would have known it. Because my mama, man, I, she just spoke faith. My God shall supply all, and he's according to his riches and glory. We are blessed. We're highly favored. We're overcome. You know, I thought we were the richest people in the world, to be honest with you, uh, because of the way my mom talked, and God had been so faithful to my, my parents. And um, So I decided to put God to the test for myself. Uh, I remember one time I went out to uh, a camp meeting uh, when I was a junior in high school. Now, anybody ever been to a camp meeting? You might know what I mean when I say camp meeting. Oh, Okay, I'm in a fresh crowd today. Uh, Let me tell you about camp meeting, okay? Camp meeting, it ain't for just like your regular Sunday attenders. This is like, this is the deep end, you know? This is like probably all the YouTube videos you've ever seen of just running around, you know, going crazy. Grandma's running around and and losing their wigs and stuff like that and teeth falling out. Like, it's that kind, like, that's camp meeting, you know? Uh, Like, four-hour services, I mean, that's normal and... And so I went out to camp meeting with my uncle and my aunt and my cousins. And, uh, man, there's one night I didn't want to go to the youth service. I wanted to be in the main service because it was a powerful man of God speaking. And, man, the presence of God was surreal. And I had grown up listening to him. And uh, in our camp meeting, too, like worship is like an hour, hour and a half. The message is like two hours. And then whatever happens afterwards. But then between between the worship and the message, is probably one of the most important parts of the service, and that's offering time. And like you usually, you, you, you have somebody special come up and give an offering now, and he will come up, man, and they just brought the house down, giving an offering, like 30, 45 minute long offering message. Uh, that's camp meeting. And so there's this, this, this 
particular time I was out there, uh, man, the, the guy got up to receive the offering, man, and he had everybody on their feet, like shouting, like, my God shall supply all your need. You know, you can't outgive God. And, you know, I mean, I was in it. I was so fired up. Like my faith, my heart was so stirred in faith over God as a provider. And man, I was, I stood up, man, I pulled my wallet out and I emptied that thing. Uh, probably like $127 I had, uh, and I put that, that all in the offering. Just trusting God, stepping out in faith, like, God, I want to see you do big things in my life. Like, I believe you're, you're big, and I want to be a part of that. I want to see you do things, and, uh, you know, so I did. I gave, and I didn't see a return immediately. I mean, in fact, I had to ask my aunt and uncle for dinner the next few days, and, and I can you, can you guys please feed me? I have no money. Uh, and so, um, but the next year, I was believing God uh, for a car. Uh, I was going to college. It was my summer after my senior year. I was believing God for a car. And uh, I played in a charity golf tournament. Uh, now, I'm not like a great golfer. Like, I'm pretty decent, I would say. Um, but not as good as the story might suggest. Uh, because I played in this charity golf tournament, and it's, it's the, we're almost at the end. It's the 17th hole. It's a par three, 175 yards. And I hadn't like hit it super well all day, but I had on the range before the, the round started. So I was like, okay, let me remember what I did on the driving range. Let me just relax and just swing freely. So I put that ball down. I took a look at the flag, and I just swung freely. And don't you know that ball, it flew straight as an arrow towards the flag. And it's heading towards the hole. And it comes down and it lands about eye level right in front of the hole. And then I watch it. I can't tell exactly how close it is. And then it just disappears into the hole for a hole in one. Now, come on, somebody, a hole in one, a hole in one, like for a golfer, this is it. Like this is, oh my goodness, like people play all their lives and never hit a hole in one. Like I just hit a hole in one. Now I'm playing with my grandmother who is like four foot nine. And I promise you, she jumped at least four feet, nine inches off the ground. She exploded off the ground. My, I'm playing with my other uncle who runs up to me and just bear hugs me and starts shaking me. And I'm in complete shock. Like I just staring with my eyes wide open. Like I just hit a hole in one. I just hit a hole in one. Now there are two other guys they were also there going crazy. And these two guys were there to be witnesses. They watched every group come through to see if anybody was going to hit a hole in one and win the car that was sitting right next to the hole. I'm sorry, is this on? I hit a hole in one and won a car. There you go. There we go. <laughs> I hit a hole in one and won a car. Like, I'm not that good of a golfer. Like, God is good. And, I mean, did I win that car because I put $127 in the offering plate a year before? I don't know. But God is good. I knew that I was a giver. 
I'd been given since I was knee high to a grasshopper. I, I, and God is good. God, I mean, just he will blow your mind how he will provide for you. Uh, never in my wildest dreams when I started believing God for a car did I, believe, did I think about, man, I, maybe I'll hit a hole in one in a golf tournament and win a car. Like, never. And fast forward to the story. I didn't even tell the other services this, but when I moved to China, I sold that car. Uh, and it actually, I used that money to pay for uh, my wife's engagement ring. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool of God? Maybe that's for somebody there. You're not sure how you're going to pay for that engagement ring. I don't know. But, um, okay, man, so, man, God, I had stepped out in faith, like, believe, as a teenager, like, testing God on these truths. Man, he, he came through, not just with the car, but even, even applying for scholarships at the school I went to. Man, do you know that that year, it just so happened that they created a brand new scholarship that went on top of the full scholarship I had already gotten. So it was two full scholarships that I got to go to college. I only needed one. So the rest of the money just went right into my pocket. I used that money to buy the guitar that I still use to lead people in worship. Man, I used that money to go on a mission trip that changed my life. I, I, I started sponsoring a compassion child. Uh, that I kept doing until he turned 18, about 12 years later. I mean, just like I, 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 God proved his love for me and like proved how generous he was. Um, and, 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 I, and I didn't know how much I really needed, needed those truths. Because in that next season in college, man, I had some spiritual whiplash. Uh, and so I started... I joined some some ministries that started talking about unreached people groups. And I was like, I think I've heard something about that, unreached people groups around the world that have never heard the name of Jesus. They live mostly in the, the what they call the 1040 window. You know, in the Middle East, parts of China, uh, North Korea, those kind of places. And I was like, I think I've heard that before. But man, I started listening more and more and praying into that. And, and God began to open my heart to the needs of the world. And my heart began to completely break. And, and, and along with that brokenness for the needs of the world, the enemy slipped in there too because I started growing in anger against the teaching I had grown up hearing. I started to grow angry of like, man, like, what have I been doing? Like sitting in a church and only hearing messages about faith to meet my own needs? Like I just was not okay that I wasn't okay with the needs of the world. I wasn't okay anymore with, with just messages on how I can be blessed and how I can be prosperous. Like I wasn't okay. Like how can we do that when there's just so many needs around the world? Like there's lost and dying and hurting people. How can we do that? And it and it and and it and it and it really and it I let some anger get in there. And then let me just say too that this is my personal journey. That this has nothing. This isn't meant to disparage any group. Like there are people in the faith movement, faith community that whose hearts are absolutely for the world and 
you know, my own organization that I'm still a part of is uh, doing so many incredible things in the world. So this is just my personal journey. Uh, but it, I, I went through a season of just anger uh, towards m- how the church deals with money and like how self-centered we can be on money. And uh, it really went through a, a real dark season. It kind of culminated <laughs> in a, 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 I took a mission trip to Vietnam for a month. And I came home, my parents picked me up, and we're driving back to <laughs> our home, and, and it's just, the car is just silent. Because, and they, 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 know I'm, I, they know I'm not okay. Like, I, I was completely, I had reverse culture shock from being back in America after spending a month in a third world, you know, developing country, and then coming back to America. And, you know, I, we had just left kids at the airport who were just crying in despair because we were the only source of hope they had ever encountered. And there was nobody to come behind us and to pick up where we left off. And my heart was completely broken. So I'm sitting in this car, just silent. I don't even know what to say to my parents. I feel like I'm so different. I don't know how to tell them that. They, they perceive that I'm different. They don't know how to connect with me. And so my sweet mama, thank God for sweet mamas. My sweet mama, she did, she did her best. She, she, she decided that the best way to cheer me up was to tell me about the, the brand new big screen TV they just bought for their house. And I completely lost it on my mom. I just broke down. I mean, the dam burst and she got flooded uh, with all of the emotion that I had just been building up. Uh, and you know, uh, she's, she's wonderful. She, she loved me through that. She withstood that storm. And let me just say too, just as, as an aside, um, there's a hot word today in today's culture, uh, the word of deconstruction, uh, where people are, young people especially, are deconstructing their faith. And there's a lot of videos out there that are, you know, cr- criticizing and critiquing these foundational tenets of our faith. And it, it's really bringing in a lot of questioning to young people's minds. And, and that's essentially what I had gone through in this season. And, you know, the best thing that my parents, my mom did was just love me through it. Uh, and I would just say too, if you got somebody in your life that's sort of deconstructing their faith, man, just love on them. Just love on them. Love, 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 love. And when you feel like you ain't got any more love to give, what do you do? You keep loving them. You be patient with them. You listen to them. You love them. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know all the right words to say. Just love them. That's what my mom did with me. My parents did with me. And, uh, and so thank, thankfully God used that to really help right the ship in my life. I, you know, I felt shipwrecked in a lot of ways. I just didn't know what to do. Uh, man, with, with my past, with my belief system, I grown up, what do you do when your whole belief system you feel like is, 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 is wrong or is off? Like, what do you do with that? Uh, that's what I was wrestling with. But the Lord righted that ship, thankfully, and he did it in a, in a humorous way. I mean, he, he called me to the mission field. And, uh, and so I said yes to moving to China. Uh, well, what do you have to do when you say yes to the mission field and move to China? Well, you have to start raising support. And I had to raise about $30,000 
so here I am, all of a sudden, not knowing what to do with my faith heritage, and all of a sudden, I have to believe God for $30,000. Now, where do you think I could get the teaching and the experience needed to believe God for $30,000? I don't know, maybe from all of the books around my house and all of the tapes that, I, that my mom had. Man, I dusted the cobwebs off of that faith teaching. I dusted the cobwebs off of those truths that, man, God is a generous God, that faith is real, and that you can believe God for things and believe you receive and you will have them. And all of a sudden, God used this season in my life to bring me full circle back around to these truths about Him being a big God and Him being a provider and someone who loves to bless. Man, and that $30,000 came in supernaturally in my life. And since then, I mean, I've probably raised... Uh, close to $150,000 just personally on the mission field uh, of support that came in to help fund me and later my wife and family. Uh, But I've seen God be a provider. And and what, what what he did in that season was he just, he showed me how to hold two extreme things at the same time. So the first one, he, he, he told me to, man, get back to your roots Get back to those teachings that you grew up with. Get back to faith. Get back to believing that I can move mountains. Get back to believing that when you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, what? Press down, what? Shaken together, what? Running over. All that is true. All of it is true. And the Lord used that season to open my eyes of like, oh, wow. Like, it's all that is true. But it's also true that God has a huge mission for us. God has a great purpose for us in the world. There is a great need in the world, and we should not live unaware of that need. There's a great calling. There are lost and dying and hurting people in the world that he has called me and you to go reach out to. Both of those are true. And so this season of my life, God brought me back to these two extremes, and I believe that these, these two extremes I want you to get a hold of, I want us to get a hold of. We have to hold these two extremes, and they're the, these are the extremes. God wants to radically bless you, and God wants to radically use you. God wants to radically bless you, and God wants to radically use you. These two extremes... You know, God is not a tame God. God is a, you know that God is a God of extremes? God, God, man, God is radical in everything that he does. Sometimes they don't seem like they line up, but they do. You know, God is a radical giver, but it's all for a purpose. Faith, he, thank God he gave us faith, but it's all for a purpose. It's while we go on mission with him. Uh, and so I started to think about this message, and it was all kind of coming together in my heart. And I started to think about this idea of two extremes. And um, the Lord took me back to my science class, fifth grade science class. Does anybody know what NACL stands for? Salt. Yeah, I heard sodium. Yeah, so NACL is the formula for salt. Anybody love salt like I do? Oh, praise God for salt. Oh, that I'll know it's time for me to go home and be with my Lord Jesus when they tell me I can't have any more salt. 
Like, that'll be the day. I'll be like, peace out, guys. Like, it's been real, but a life without salt is a life not worth living. I'm going to go out eating salt because it's amazing. And don't, you can miss me with that salt substitute stuff. Like, don't even, don't put anywhere near. I tried to buy it one time, you know, just like to try it out. It makes your tongue tingle all weird and stuff. Like, it's not good. Save yourself the dollar sixty-seven, and like, don't buy it. Don't buy it. Buy the real thing. Sorry, I'm kind of passionate about salt. Anyway, so salt, where I'm, I even lost track of myself. Salt. So, did you know Na is a, is a the uh, is the nomenclature for sodium? Cl is chloride. NaCl. Did you know that if you ingest sodium by itself or chloride by itself, that it's actually poisonous for you. It is harmful for your body to ingest those two things separately. Oh, but to put them together. Woo. Come on now. They make mama's meatloaf taste even better. They make your wife's cooking bearable. Um, don't, look, don't look at your wife. But it just, it just makes things better. And this is just like the extremes of God. If you, take, if you only take this truth that God's a generous, abundant, giving, blessing God, and you, that's all you do with it, if you just surround yourself with all these treasures, you know what? It's going to spoil you. It's going to lead you to ruin. It's like the Israelites in the desert when God gave them the manna, and he said, only take what you need for today. Don't try to store it for the next day because it's going to rot Man, that's what treasure does. That's what wealth does in our lives. If we don't give it away, if we don't let it flow through us, it spoils. Anybody ever seen just a body of water that's still? Like it's nasty. But if we only think about, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta always be given. I gotta always be, I, I'm afraid I'm, to, to be wealthy is to be sinful. Like I just, Always got to give, give, give. God doesn't want us to have anything nice. Like, you guys know those people, right? Like, they give, but they got that stank face on their face all the time. You know, like, that, that's, nobody wants to be around anybody like that. But when we hold these two truths together, man, God is a God of abundance, man. God is a God of blessing. Come on, can I get an amen for that? He's a God of blessing, but he's a God that sent us out on mission, too, to give like he gives. When you hold those two truths together, it is the formula for joy. It is the formula for joy. The recipe for joy is to be a receiver and to be a giver. If you want the key to joy, if you want the secret to joy, learn how to be a receiver of all that God's given you, and learn how to be a giver. Learn how to be a radical giver. Let's start with the receiver. We need to learn how to be better receivers. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that, man, God, we need to, God is a radical giver, and we need to learn how to receive from him better. I believe sometimes we, we, we keep ourselves just so Ah, man, so focused on ourselves, so focused on our mistakes, so focused on our shortcomings, so focused on our limitations that we forget. We're not mindful of, of all that God has lavished upon us. Man, he, like all the forgiveness, all of the grace, like all of the love. Like we're just, we're terrible receivers. Why? We don't think we deserve it. 
And God's like lavished it upon us. He's like, I know you don't deserve it. I know you know I'm giving it to you because Jesus deserves it. I'm giving you the reward that Jesus earned for you. Just receive it. Man, that's, that's the heart of the Father. I think we need to be better receivers. We need to embrace more what God has given us. We need to embrace, man, the love he's given us, the identity he's given us. We need to embrace it. But we know what? We let fear stand in the way of giving, of being a receiver and a giver. We let fear, we fear God as someone who's mad at us. And, 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 we, and we feel like we don't deserve what he wants to lavish upon us. We let fear stand in the way. We let fear stand in the way of being a giver. And we learn, need to learn to be better givers. We let fear stand in the way of that. We, we, we think about what if. Let me go back to the receiving for a second. Just a word I feel like the Lord put on my heart for us today. God wants to lavish more on you than you even realize. Uh, even financially, I felt like there was a word from the Lord of some of you have gotten so used to the trickle in your life, the financial trickle, you've gotten used to it and comfortable with it. You've forgotten that God actually wants to lavish blessing upon you. You've forgotten there's a flood available for you. God wants you to stop living in the trickle and step into the flood that he has for you. It's time for you to ask bigger. It's time for you to, to contend for more. To not just settle for the little trickle of just barely getting by every week. No, God wants you to contend for more. Why? Because God has great purpose for you. He's got people who are people on the other side of that who need your giving. Amen. That's just a word I felt like the Lord put on my heart for somebody here. Uh, but we but we need to learn how to be better givers too. We need to we need to press through fear. And find on the other side of fear is joy. We need to press through. There's one question that the enemy, he, he's sort of hijacked for his purposes. When we think about giving, we think about, man, like, I want to give. God, God I want to start tithing. But, man, I got all these credit card bills. I got $20,000 in credit card debt. I got kids. I got car payments. I got all these things. Like, how am I supposed to give? And we let the enemy hijack this one little question. And that question is, what if? What if? Man, if I gave this, what, 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 what if this happens? What if that happens? Insurance companies make a lot of, we don't, we don't have a problem giving it to insurance companies because of that question. But when God asks us to give, we're like, well, what, well if I give, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, I think we need to reclaim that question for God. We need to take that question back and stop letting the enemy Use our imaginations for the what if question. Start letting God use that question. What if God came through for you? Man, when was the last time you just sat and meditated on that? What if God came through for me? What if I actually stepped out and started tithing? What if God came through for me? What if? I got a phone call this week from a, a brother, a friend who... Goes here and he, he, he just wanted to tell me, hey, Pastor Chase, just want to let you know I started tithing. And whoo, man, it stretched me. I don't know how some things are going to work out, but I've already seen God's hand in my life. I've already seen God's hand in my family. I had another a business owner who goes to this church a few weeks ago tell me uh, that he, and I know this, this man, how he runs his business. He, he's a giver, lavish giver. 
uh, and he, he gives sacrificially. He said, Pastor Chase, I had some things that came due, some bills that I had to pay, and it was a choice between do I give uh, to the church or do I pay these bills, and I trusted God, and I gave what he put in my heart to give. He said, and then that morning I chose to write that check to give. And he said, I got a phone call later that afternoon from my wife who got a call from the accountant who said that uh, there was a mistake with the IRS and actually they withheld too much uh, money from us and we're getting a check for X amount of dollars. It was like double the amount that he needed to pay those bills. And... And uh, the new, uh, there, there, was this, there was this contract that he was trying to win for his job. And on paper, it didn't look like he qualified for the contract. But guess who was picked for that contract? It's this brother who decided to step out in faith and give when it didn't make sense. It's this brother who used that what if question of, you know what, what if God comes through? What if God, when was the last time you gave with that mindset, man? What if God came through for me here? What would it mean for your life? Would it prove something to you that you needed in that season? Because that's what it did for me. When I gave, when those experiences in high school, those, those what if moments of what if I give and, then, and I saw God come through, those are like memorial stones in my life that keep my heart open. They kept my heart open in that season in college where I, man, my heart kind of turned towards some things of God and my, her- my, my spiritual heritage, they turned against. But you know what? My heart didn't completely close because it was held open by those experiences I'd had with God, where God provided for me, where God demonstrated his love for me. Man, what would it mean for you to step out and give what he's asking you to give? Let me say this. It's not about the money. It's about you giving God a chance to prove his love for you. Man, what if you gave and what if he came through? What would it do in your heart? What kind of faith would it build in your heart for who God is in your life, that he's real? What would it do in the lives of people around you who maybe kind of doubt God, but you step out and you say, you know what, I'm going to dare to believe that God is who he says he is. And then, he, and then he comes through for you and he provides. And that friend or whoever it is in your life says, whoa, whoa, I've had these questions about God, but man, I just saw what he did in your life. Man, that's real. That's real. So I got story after story I could tell you about that. God invites us in not to scare us, not so that we can live life in fear, but we can live life in joy. And that he can prove to us how good he is. You know, we're going to take communion this morning. Uh, and it is the origin story, so to speak, of our giving. and Where God first gave to us. And really the story of God, the story of all of us is this dance that we get invited into. Where God started out being the first giver. You know, he looked at us. We were a lost and dying world. He looked at you. Your, your heart was You were his enemy, the Bible says, but he chose to give to you. He gave his son to you. And what did it do to you? It opened up your heart. It was the first step. That's what generosity does. It opens up a heart. It opens up a heart. It opened up your heart. And then, man, like when when we experience that, when we receive the grace of God, it opens up our hearts and we're like, oh my goodness, God, you're so generous to me. And you get to realize, if you read scripture long enough, you realize, man, I don't deserve anything. Like, God was so gracious to me. 
you know, you guys realize, like, you we don't own anything. Like, we don't own anything. You look at your bank account every day, see what I have. It's like, no, you actually don't own that. It is God's. God's invited you to be a steward of it. And, you know, tithing, God asks for 10%, but he gives you 90%. That's 90% that you didn't deserve. Man, when you flip that switch and you start thinking about, like, oh, my goodness, God, you're so gracious. You're so good to me. And then when that gra- let, let that graciousness and that, that generosity open up your heart. And then it makes you just want to give to others. It's like a dance, you know, that whenever my kids have stank faces and bad attitudes, you know what we do in our house? We turn on some dance music. That's like nobody, you, you never seen a sad person on a dance floor at a wedding, right? Like it, it, it's, you got to get up and get moving. You got to do something. You got to move your body. And that's what giving is like. It's like I, God is leading me through his giving. And then now I get to turn around and bless somebody else. And it's this, this constant dance we're invited into. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Are you in the dance? Have you let the love of God, have you let it melt your, your heart? You know, the, the statistics say that less than 50%, about 50% of, of American Christians, only 50% of American Christians actually give anything to the church. Out of that, only 2 to 3% actually tithe. Man, you know what I look at when I see that statistic? I think, man, how much of the church, not just the world, how much of the church has, doesn't have a true grasp of how much God loves them? God, because when you realize that you're a love child of a love God, that you have a father who wants to provide for you, again, this radical extre- extreme of God being a giver, when you, when you understand that, oh my goodness, you can't help but give. It, it, it leads you to giving. It leads you to liberality. And it's like, God, you look at the numbers, statistics, like what the, we've done a terrible job of, of showing people how much God loves them. And it's like, if that's true about the American church, man, what does it mean for the billions of people who have never heard the name of Jesus? Who's going to go tell them? Who's going to go tell them? You know, it, it should make us a little salty. You know that word salty, it's like, oh, he's, he's kind of salty today. You know, got a little bit of an attitude, a little bit of... Uh, something rubbing the wrong way. Man, we should get that way about the needs of the world around us. Like when we see like lost and dying and hurting people, and we should get a little salty about it. And we should want to be salt. We should want to be the salt and the light that God has called us to be. We need to be salty givers. Maybe you need to get your salt back today. Well, hey, I have a, I have a table to present to you. It's the communion table. If you need communion elements, by the way, you can just raise your hand. We've got ushers that would love to come around and bring you the elements. But this is where we get our salt back. This is where we get our flavor back. It's coming back to the communion table. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verse 19. This is Jesus at the... Last Supper, before he's crucified, he's with the disciples, and it says he took bread, he gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. 
It's actually the only one of the gospels that uses that word give, given. Is my body given for you? Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Amen. In verse 19, he says, do this in remembrance of me. Do what? Do what? Well, communion. You know, we, what we're doing today, remembering, the, remembering his sacrifice. Why do we need to do that? Well, because I think we're bad at remembering sometimes. We're bad at remembering. You know, fear is fed by forgetting. I said again, fear is fed by forgetting. And the fruit of fear is anxiety. You know that fear, fear is a liar because fear will tell you, man, hold on to what you got. You can't afford to give. Hold on to what you got. But you know what? You're, it's never going to lead to peace. You're always going to be anxious about it. You're always going to be anxious about it. You know, the opposite of fear is faith. Faith is fed by remembering. Faith is fed by remembering you have a good father who loves to care for you. And the fruit of faith is joy. Man, would you, rather, would you rather hold on to your 100% and it'd be all on you? It'd be all on you or would you rather trust God with 90%? I don't know about you, but I'd rather trust God with 90%. He, God can do a whole lot with, with your 90 than you can do with your 100. And through faith, he leads us in this process of faith where faith, man, just says, okay, God, you got it. I'm stepping out on you. And this communion table, we remember this communion table because, man, guys, get this. Oh, this hit, this, when this became a revelation to me, giving became so much easier. When you realize that God already gave his son, when God already gave his son, man, what need in your life is any greater than that? What financial need is any greater than God's gift of his son? There's the, the verse that says, if God gave us his son, how will he not freely give us all things? And we serve a generous God. He already gave us his son. That means there's no need in your life that he cannot meet. He's already given you his son. And we come to this table. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. I don't believe it's just take communion. I believe that's part of it. But he said, do this in remembrance. What is he saying? I believe he's partly saying, Give yourself away now. Give, give your life away now. In remembrance of me, when you remember how generous I've been to you, now you are then to go and be generous. I'm gonna use you to go be generous and help open the hearts of a lost and dying world. Man, there's nothing that turns people off like hearing about a generous God but then coming in contact with a stingy Christian. There's nothing that'll turn a heart off faster than a greedy Christian, a Christian who holds on to everything they have. What does that speak of who their father is? It speaks louder than any words they could ever say. Here we come back to the table because we have to remember regularly what's been given to us. It's the bread. Let's all stand up to as we get ready to partake. In this cup is the bread, or in this communion, these communion elements is the bread. This bread represents strength. This bread represents provision. 
anything you need is in the bread. It's his body broken for you, for all your sins, for sickness, for your needs. Like it's his body. It's everything is for you. And then it's his blood. It is blood represents, man, it's, it's the lifeblood. It's, 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 it's strength. It's, uh, it's empowerment. And this is, this is the switch of the New Testament where in the Old Testament, all the promises of God were tied to their ability to keep the commands. And they didn't have the ability. They didn't have the empowerment. But guess what? In the New, in the New Testament, Jesus said, you know what? I'm pouring out my blood for you. I'm, pour, I'm giving you the strength to actually obey me. I'm giving you the empowerment to follow my commands. It's interesting to me in Acts, the book of Acts, after the Spirit was poured out, there was no teaching about giving. But what did they do when they were all filled with His Spirit, filled with His empowerment? They gave anyways. They gave with these free hearts. They were compelled to give because they had received life. They received so much. And that's what it means to come back to the table and remember, man, God, He's given me not just all that I need, but He's given me the provision. He's given me the strength to give. Some of you, maybe you're struggling with the willpower to give. It's right here in the blood. You can start just confessing over your life. God, I thank you that you've given me the strength to give. God, I don't feel like I have the faith right now. I I got all these bills staring me in the face and I need your help, God. I want to trust you, but I need help in doing it. I need the strength. He'll give it to you. It's in the blood. Remember the blood. Receive the blood. God, I receive your strength today. Every head bowed, every eye closed real quick. If you're in this place and talk about being a good receiver and a good giver. Maybe you've just, maybe you've never received Jesus. Maybe you've never received his grace and his forgiveness in your life. Maybe you've never given your life to him. Maybe you've never given your heart to him. That's your first step in this generosity journey is to receive his grace and give your life. If you're here in this place and you need to do that this morning, would you just lift up your hand? Nobody looking around. You just say, I need to give my life to Jesus. Amen. Hands going up. Hands going up. Hands going up. Amen. 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 People signing up for the journey. People joining the dance. Amen. Amen. Well, let's all just pray this prayer together. Say, dear God, I want in on the dance. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. I receive all that you have to give to me. And God, I give you my life. I give you my heart. All that I have is yours, God. Take it and use it. Take me and use me to meet the needs of those around me. And I receive the joy that comes with it. In Jesus' name. Amen.